Welcome to our study of Hebrews here on the Radio Bible Course. Today we want to explore a question which affects every person in the world. It is this, has God spoken? Before we discuss it, there is still another question that needs answering, if God has spoken, and the second question is, what has He said? How we answer this will determine how we live and what we believe. Unfortunately, most people, while agreeing that God has spoken, know very little about the content of His revelation to us. But that is one reason why we teach on this radio Bible course, and of course, it is why hundreds of people listen to the radio Bible course and other Bible teachers. May I recommend that if time permits that you tune in to another radio Bible teacher, it's the Through the Bible radio program, which is heard on this station. I thank God for the sound teaching of the late Dr. J. Vernon McGee, which continues to build believers in the faith. Now, let's return to the first question. Has God spoken? The book of Hebrews opens on this theme, and the first sentence reads this way. In many and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers. Not everyone agrees with that, of course. Some deny that the Old Testament is a record of God speaking. But in a Gallup poll conducted in 1988 among Americans, 77% said they believed in God, and 63% believe the Bible is inspired. Now we need to discuss this matter of God speaking. Is there a logical argument for a revelation from God? Does God need to speak? I think so. If we are going to be responsible to God, and since there is a God, it's necessary for Him to tell us what He expects of us. God can't very well judge the world unless He sets standards for the world. There needs to be a revelation, and if He doesn't speak, then we are left to ourselves to try to figure out what He expects or what He wants. Not only must He speak, but it is necessary that the revelation be confirmed so that His creatures will be able to trust that revelation. There is a test for the revelation of the Old Testament as the Word of God. There are remarkable prophecies that have been fulfilled, hundreds of them, and they deal with places, people, cities, and the land. There is a literal fulfillment of many prophecies. One of them that I think of is Daniel's prophecy in chapter 9 about the 70 weeks of years where he predicts how many years after the decree of Artaxerxes, that Persian king, that Christ would be killed. It's precise. Read Daniel chapter 9, and if you have a Schofield Bible, his notes will help with that. There needs also to be a confirmation of the Old Testament Scripture as the Word of God from someone with great authority, if we only had that. Well, we do have it. Jesus Christ spoke about the Old Testament, and he put his stamp of approval on it. He often called it Scripture. 
And we know what he meant by that because he was referring to the 39 books in your Old Testament. These were the scriptures of the Jews. And Jesus said that David spoke by the Spirit, that God said to Moses. And on and on he quotes from the Old Testament and gives it his complete endorsement as the inspired word of God. He says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, there must have been a word that came from the mouth of God, and there was, and he was referring to the Old Testament. So we have that kind of confirmation from Jesus. There are no other religious writings in the world that can claim what the scriptures of the Jews and the Christians claim. None can pass the test of prophecies, literal fulfillment, historic accuracy, or confirmation by Christ. Now Hebrews begins on the theme, God has spoken, and we understand that God has not been silent in history. Now we want to read here the first four verses, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 1. In many and various ways God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his nature, upholding the universe by his word of power. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has obtained is more excellent than theirs. God spoke in the past. He spoke by prophets. And the writer to the Hebrews tells us that he spoke in many parts and in many ways. It was progressive. He didn't give Moses all the revelation. He gave him some. He gave him enough. But then in the following centuries he gave other prophets more revelation. The many parts, first of all, begin with perhaps Deuteronomy chapter 18, where God revealed to Moses that someday he would raise up a prophet like Moses from among those Jewish brethren, and this prophet should be the one they listened to. And it's a clear reference to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the descendant of Abraham. God also spoke to Abraham and told that his blessing would come through Isaac, and that someday one of his descendants would be a blessing to all nations. God spoke through David. He was a king, but he was also a prophet. And he talked about the glorious kingdom that would come someday, and that David's descendant, one of his sons, would rule the whole world someday. On David's throne in Jerusalem, he spoke through Daniel and talked about the, the future glory of the Son of Man and how he would be killed. He spoke through Micah the prophet and told the place where the Messiah would be born, that anointed one of God who would be sent to this world to save the world from its sins. He spoke through Zechariah, 
These are all parts. That's how God spoke in many parts. And Zechariah talks about how Jesus Christ will someday return and he'll establish his messianic rule. So God did speak in many parts, and he spoke through the prophets. Peter tells us about the prophets and how God spoke through them. That's in Second Peter chapter 1. Listen to it. Beginning with verse 16 of Second Peter chapter 1, he writes, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we heard this voice, born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word made more sure. You will do well to pay attention to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the impulse of man. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Peter claimed those Old Testament prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and that Greek word moved means carried along. We can apply it to a sailboat sitting still out on a lake when no wind is blowing. It doesn't move, but when the wind picks up, it is carried along under the power of the wind. Now, that's what Peter expresses here about holy men of old. They were carried along. The Spirit came upon them, and they were controlled and wrote what the Spirit of God wanted to reveal to them. They were guarded in their writing as they did it. Now, Second Timothy 3.16 and 17 is still another passage which explains how the prophetic revelation of God came to us. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. When it says, All Scripture is inspired by God, literally, that word inspired is God-breathed. And God did breathe into them. Now, we need to understand that the word for breath and the word for spirit in Greek are the same. God did breathe into them his message, and it was the Spirit's work controlling and activating their minds so they could get the message from God and put it down. They wrote on papyrus. Sometimes they wrote on leather. But the word of God was written down because these men were inspired and they were guarded in that writing so that we could have an accurate record of God's revelation and what he expected of us. Now, God did not dictate, and no one had to interrupt God's revelation by saying, wait a minute, Lord, I need more time to write what you are telling me. It was not dictation. That's confirmed by 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul writes in verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. You see, dictation is not teaching. But the Spirit taught these men to write, and Paul claimed himself that the Spirit taught him, and he in turn then taught others with words which the Spirit himself provided, that the Spirit would come and teach the apostles and the prophets was indicated by Jesus on the day before he was crucified, for he said, There are many things that I would like to teach you, but you can't bear them now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will show you things to come. So there was much revelation coming after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he sent the Spirit to inspire those writings and those teachings which he wanted the church to have. Now, in tomorrow's lesson, we're going to discuss the various ways in which God revealed himself, and I hope you'll join us here. We have been dealing today with the inspiration of the scriptures, and we have a short course on cassette tape, which will help you much more on this subject. It's called The Authority of the Bible. Write today for our brochure about teaching tapes. Till tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.